Gratitude is an essential ingredient on the journey to fullness of life, to the abundant life promised in Christ. Thanks for joining us today as we wrap up our series on gratitude right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful that you are joining us today. Uh, We want to remind you that we believe that you are listening to this podcast today, that you've downloaded this podcast today for whatever reason and a purpose. I, 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 I know it's there. I believe God is is um, given a reason, a purpose, has a reason, a purpose of why uh, he has you listening to this podcast today. Uh, and I believe um, he has a reason why uh, everything happens. That's, that's just what we believe. And we're praying that God will give you and show you why that is today. Hey, uh, there's a story uh, in the Bible, a Jesus story in the Bible, that, that ends with a shocking one-liner, which, which leaves the reader kind of wondering, what exactly does Jesus mean here? And so today, right away uh, in our episode, uh, I want to start in the Bible. It's Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Here's what it reads. It says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at distance, crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now, looking at that verse 19 again, that last verse, um, there's another version that reads, reads it this way. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Just another way of looking at those last words. But either way, upon reading this, we cannot help but wonder, was the man not healed before? You know, what about the others? Weren't, weren't they healed as well? Or we may ask questions of this nature. Was, was the healing not permanent? Did Jesus only offer temporary physical healing? Is Jesus speaking of physical healing or something more? Or we may wonder, is Jesus implying that healing is not a one-step process? Well, in order to understand this passage and to see what Jesus is inferring to, we have to jump back a few verses. So let's read verses 15 through 18 again. Listen to what it says. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? You see, Jesus is, if I look at this, and maybe if you look at it, is, is kind of shocked here, like in, in surprise, right? When, when only one of the 10 returned to offer um, Eucharisto, 
right? Which means to give thanks for God's grace. He, he's shocked here, right? He actually wonders aloud, why wouldn't the others not do the same? Why wouldn't they not all come back, right? The answer is found once again in our, in our special word that we've been talking about for the last uh, three episodes before this one. Um, if you have not heard it, uh, I encourage you to go back to it and listen to what we've been talking about. But, but there was only one leper who fully received God's grace and offered it back with thanksgiving and praise. Only one accepted the free gift, and it's our word, cheris, and freely offered back the same. The Bible is filled with the words cheris and eucharistia. Okay? It's grace, grace, and more grace. Right, One leper returned to a savior to express his gratitude. The other nine offered nothing to their savior. And in return, the other nine missed out on true healing, salvation. What we see here in this passage is a replica of other stories and teachings in the Bible. It is the theology of God's grace, which is accepted through the practice of Eucharistio, via belief, via faith, right? We see that the lepers fully believe that they are healed. They see their healing, they feel their healing, they believe they are healed, and they go and show it to the priest, right? But instead of showing their belief to Jesus, for Jesus, in Jesus, they show it to others without so much as a thank you. But one leper gets it. He turns back, falls on his knees, confesses his belief in Jesus through thanksgiving and praise, and shows Jesus that he has received God's grace. This leper not only believed that he is healed and received the healing, but by his actions, we read that, that he believes in whom he, was been, he has been healed by, right? Uh, thanksgiving is an extension of our belief in Jesus. I find that so important. Let me say that again. Thanksgiving is an extension of our belief in Jesus. You know, Thanksgiving goes more beyond friends, you know, gathering the fellowship, the food, you know, football, <laughs> we all know that, right? But I, I truly believe that Thanksgiving is an extension of our belief in Jesus. And I think that's the, during this holiday time frame, as we just kind of ended it up, that that's how we really got to look at it. See, his Thanksgiving for his healing was a confession and an affirmation of his belief in Jesus. Although the passage does not directly state that the others were not made well through their faith, it's implied here, Right? The nine lepers responded with their lips, right? The one leper responded with his heart. So how many of you have heard the word atheism, right? Atheism, atheism by definition, uh, is, is to not believe in God or any gods, okay? Well, let's talk about atheism of the heart, okay? It is to know of God and to choose not to glorify him as God. It is to accept his grace, his healing, his provision, his goodness in our life, but never acknowledge they come from his hand, right? In an atheistic heart, there is no obligation to show a response for what God has freely given. There may be a belief in, in a God who freely gives. There may be an acceptance of his gifts, right? We'll, we'll take them all day long, but there's no expressive response to his gifts. For the nine lepers, the boils that had overcome them and crippled their body may be removed as a free gift, right? It was given by Jesus as a free gift, but they did not acknowledge in their heart who did the healing. And they didn't offer a response, that's for sure, right? And few passages expound on an atheistic heart like this passage in, in Romans that I'm, I'm about to read to you. Uh, it was written to the early Roman church by the Apostle Paul. Uh, and, and here's what it says, Romans 1, verses 20 through 23. For ever since the world was created, people had seen the earth and the sky. 
Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Here we read that there is no excuse for not recognizing the work and wonders of God in the world, right? And our life. To do so is to choose an atheistic heart and live an atheistic life. It is to receive God's mercies and refuse to give God the thanks. It said in there, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, right? How did their atheistic lies mimic their atheistic hearts? They did not honor him or give thanks, right? They chose not to receive and respond to God's grace. So therefore, they exchanged God's grace for backward lies, right? Full of sin and pain, okay? Let's read on, starting in verse 24. We're going to read 24 through 32. We're in Romans chapter 1 again. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of the sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that they should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. I want to I share something with you. An atheistic life trades an attitude of gratitude for a me, mine, and myself mindset. Let me say that again. An atheistic life trades an attitude of gratitude for a me, mine, and my myself, a myself mindset, right? Living a life without gratitude it is to choose not to practice our faith and become a petri dish, per se, for sin, right? There are, there are many sins we choose, spite, pride, opportunities to participate in any kind of evil, right? Envy, hate, deceit, whispering, which is gossip, right? Grumbling, we've talked about that in this series. Backbiting, slander, no love for our neighbors, okay? Here, here's, here's another thing I want you to share with you. We know we are living a life of gratitude when the fruits of the Spirit freely flows through us. Let me say that one again, okay? We know we are living a life of gratitude when the fruits of the Spirit freely flows through us, Okay? 
Let's, I want to read another scripture to you. It's, it's Galatians 5, 22 through 24. And this will explain what I'm talking about with the fruits of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. You see, a believing heart has crucified the passions of the flesh and lives out of the mercies of God. So where does crucifying the passions and desires of the flesh begin? It begins with a response of gratitude to God for his mercies. And then from this place of gratitude, we find a strength to choose God above ourselves, a distaste for things that are not of God. And we will also have a desire for his gifts in our life, which is the fruits of the Spirit. Let's take a moment, and I, and I just want to kind of close up our, our, our series with asking you some, uh, some questions to kind of assess your lives for a moment, okay? Um, have you, have any, uh, do you have, I'll say it this way, do you have any of the sins mentioned you know, that we've mentioned, uh, whether it's in through scripture or what I've mentioned, that have taken root in your life? Have you, have you allowed them to take root in your life? Okay. And then do you regularly, regularly receive God's grace? And then in return, do you practice gratitude? You see, we are, we're, it's easy to, to think about the sins that we have in our lives. Okay. We allow them to come in and a lot of times we, we let them take root. But then do we, do we allow God's grace to come in to, to oversee those, to take those away? Now, a lot of us, we, we, we can do that, and we have no problem doing that. But then do we practice the gratitude? Or do we just kind of say, you know what, oh, I'm, I'm kind of over that, or we kind of go back to that, you know? Because that's the easy part. We accept gifts. It's, it's giving the gift back, right? In other words, practicing gratitude. You see, here's what we have to think about. Does your life resemble an atheistic heart or a believing heart? In other words, the, the things that people look at us, when they look at us from the outside, you know, and look at how we live, does our life resemble that atheistic heart or a God, Christ-believing heart? They should be able to see it in us. And if they can't, then are we really practicing the gratitude that, that God calls for right? So if you are feeling the Holy Spirit kind of tug on your conscience, consider what your, your life may look like if you added gratitude. Imagine if instead of spite and frustration, your life was filled with patience and joy. Imagine instead of, of anger over that broken relationship, you replace the pain with kindness. If you begin practicing gratitude, what sin would you trade? Which fruit of the Spirit would you see as a result? Imagine your life, your relationships, your home, your mental health, if you were to choose gratitude. You see, gracious gratitude is not limited by life's circumstances. In all stages of life, it's possible to choose gratitude. In all stages of life, it's possible to choose gratitude. My hope today, my prayer today is that you will choose gratitude over all other things. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. This will also conclude our series on gratitude. And as always, my hope is that you enjoyed uh, the Venture Podcast today, but also enjoyed this series. 
My hope is that you will join us next week as we begin a new series. We're getting ready for Christmas, and we're going to be talking about the Prince of Peace. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.